This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. I want to talk to you for a few minutes out of Joshua chapter 3. I'm going to do what I enjoy doing. I want to walk through this as a conversation. Rather than a structured outline, I want us to walk through this entire chapter together. And I want to point out some highlights, and I want us to get to a place where I believe the Lord's trying to get us to today. We've walked through this, we've started this journey, and we've started this sermon series, Courage Over Fear, and we're looking at the life of Joshua, the leadership of Joshua, what this looked like as the people of Israel actually arrived at the place God had brought them to. We come out of the, the thought of the preparation for the promise. We've made it to the place where God's promised them to get to. Joshua has taken lead and now he's pushing them in. He's leading them in. He's stepping up and God is blessing Joshua to a point that the people of Israel would actually see his leadership. They would see that, that he is blessed by God. And we get to this place and this is where the transaction actually takes place in chapter 3. And I want to read this. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. I'm going to read it and I'm going to pause here several times throughout and we'll walk through this together. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1 says, Early the next morning Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan where they camped before crossing. Here they find themselves at a place. They've waited. They've journeyed for 40 years. It's taken them to get here. It's the, the ins and outs, the ups and downs. We walk through those. You know those. You know the struggles that they've had. You know the leadership struggles that they've had. You know the whole generation of people that had to die out. And now they finally get here. They make it to the bank of the Jordan River. And, and they get there. And the Bible says that they camped out. And so I think that we have to, to see ourselves in the place today of we find ourselves in many situations where we're camped at the place where God actually wants us to cross. And we stand and we look and we're evaluating the situation, we're assessing the situation. And that's where they are. There's a, there's a reason they had to be here though. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, move from your positions and follow them. The New American Standard Bible says when you see the ark carried by the priest, if we're not careful, we put too much emphasis on the priest. This had nothing to do with the priest. The priests were the one carrying the ark. All, this whole conversation, this whole thought for them was all about following the ark, following the presence of God, the ark of God represented the presence all throughout this journey all throughout the people of israel have followed the presence the ark of the covenant of the lord and now they're being told go after it follow it move out of your position the place that you're currently settled the place that you're sitting the place that's comfortable the place that you're camped out at you can't stay camped out but just so long and the ark moves and he says, go after it. 
Verse four says, since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. I don't know of a better statement to, to say, to see out of scripture that we've never been here before, right? We have no clue what the next month, the next three months, the next six months, what the next two years, I believe even the next three to five years was going to look like. We've never been here before. We've never faced what we're facing. We've never walked through this journey that we as a church and we as a people living in this day and time, we've never faced this before. And God said, make sure that the people of Israel stay a certain distance. Make sure that the ark goes before. He, he's telling the New Living Translation says, follow them, let them lead you. But it's not them. Remember, it's not the priest. It's the ark. The, the priests are just carrying the ark. All they're doing is lifting up the presence of God. I believe it represents the, the priest, the, pray, the praise and the worship, the adoration of the presence of God. They're lifting up the ark. They're worshiping the Lord. Follow the worship, follow the leading, follow the presence of God. You've never been here before. The only way you make it through the other side is by following the presence. There's purpose in the distance. He said, keep a clear distance. A half a mile, 2,000 cubits. Stay a distance away. Don't get too close. I've learned in many situations, so many situations, I see something playing out in my mind one way and then I actually show up and get to that place, that season, that struggle, whatever it is, and it's completely different than the way it played out in my mind. Do you, do you experience that? There's purpose in distance. The, the distance provides this protection. The distance provides time. Because if I allow the Spirit of God to go a half a mile before me, that means God's going to show up before me to do what he's got to do to prepare for when I actually catch up to where he's at. The Spirit of God is going to go before he said, you got to stay back. Give, give the, the priest, give the ark time. Give it distance. Let it get to where it needs to go. You stay back. There's things in my life that are going to be totally different. There's things that, that I'm going to walk through that the only reason I can go through them when I get there is because the Spirit of God has gone before me. Right? If I try to get ahead, I'm in trouble. You realize, picture it in your mind. They're, they're standing before, they're camped out by a river, a rushing river. It's to the point, we'll get there in a minute, but it's harvest season. The river is overflowing the banks. They've made it to this place. God, you, you brought us to the place we're supposed to go. All we got to do is cross the Jordan. Well, that's not a simple task. It's not only in its normal state, a river that this million plus people have got to cross over, but now it's a, a rushing river that's flowing. It's overflowing. It is beyond full, beyond the banks of what it can hold. And here they stand, and I can imagine them looking for, well, God brought us to this place, but now we're supposed to cross this. Do you realize, had they tried to cross before the ark did, they'd have drowned. Had they tried to cross before the ark crossed, they would have drowned. There's purpose in the distance. Joshua told the people, he said, purify yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders among you. 
Other translations say consecrate yourself. It was a time of consecration. They literally washed. They washed their clothes. They bathed. They cleansed. They cleaned. And what's interesting is they had to get to the place of the Jordan. They're camped out by the Jordan. They're going to use the water from the thing that's intimidating them to cleanse them. They're going to use the water from the thing that they've got to cross through, the, the struggle, the, the problem. They're using water out of the Jordan to cleanse, to consecrate, to purify. The, the problem they've got to walk through, it's that very thing that God's using to do a work in them to make a difference. So many times our struggles make us better. When we walk through those, when we make it through eventually, there's a cleansing that's taking place. Purify yourself. Consecrate yourself. He said, verse 6 says, In the morning Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. I believe that was a direct symbol Symbolic of them lifting up the ark, them lifting up their hands. We don't carry around an ark of God. We don't have to carry around an ark of God because God's presence is with us always. But it was symbolic of them lifting up their hands, lifting up the ark, lifting up the presence. I believe they were led through. The beginning process took place because of their worship. Their praise, we've got to cross this river. This is a mighty Russian river. We've got to somehow get to the other side. God's promised us land flowing with milk and honey on the other side if we can just get there. How does the process start? It starts with worship. It starts with praise. The people of God, the, the, Levite, the, the Levites, that tribe, the Levitical tribe, is known to be, it doesn't matter, they don't have to say the priest of Levites, the Levites, the priest. I don't, that's rhetorical. The Levites were a priest by nature. They're the people that can hold the ark. They're the people that can, can lift up the presence of God. This process started because of worship. He said, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across. So they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan, take a few steps into the river and stop. Wet your toes just a little bit and stop. I've, you guys have ridden horses and you've crossed streams and rivers and you've let your horses swim across them. That's a weird feeling. To know you put the trust in the horse to just kind of walk off into a river and walk off into a stream and you really don't know. They might step into a hole and you might go for a swim. You really don't know what's going to take place. And I've, I've stood and I've I used to hate it. Honestly, when I was younger, that was a fear of mine because I had a horse lay down with me one time in the river and I did go for a swim. So I didn't like crossing the rivers. I didn't like crossing the creeks. And so I remember being younger and riding horses and we would come up to a creek, we'd come up to a river and it was like, I really don't want to do this. 
And the horse could feel my anxiety and could feel my stress level. And then they got antsy and they started fidgeting and they didn't want to do it. And I can't really, I try to see this and I try to picture this. This is, you know, we've got things that we're trying to get to. We've got things that we want. We've got places we're trying to go, but we've got to cross hurdles to get there all throughout life, right? We got to jump through hoops. I don't care what you do, how we do it. There's hoops to jump through to get to that place. And here's the place God's promised. They can see it on the other side, but this river stands between them. And Joshua tells the priest, go and stand at the edge of the river. The river is washed out of the banks. It's the water's raised up. And he says, go and wet your toes. Go and stand in the edge of the water. I can't really imagine what they probably thought. Well, we're going to go stand in the water, but I mean, we, we got this river. What's about to take place? He didn't tell them anything else. He didn't say God's going to perform this great miracle and there's this wall of water going to show up. He said, go wet your toes. Go stand in the edge of the water. And the Bible says that when they went to the edge of the water, when they put their feet in, verse 13, as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off. He's telling the people of Israel to be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Priest, Go ahead, head out, go put your feet in the water. Lift up the praise in the process. He tells the people of Israel, today's the day, all the enemy's gonna be driven out. When we cross over, when we make, when we cross the Jordan, when victory is ours, all the enemy's gonna be driven out. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites, Parasites, Hivites. He said, he will surely drive them out ahead of you. Look, verse 11, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan. Look. Watch. See. Witness it for yourself. Keep your eyes on the ark and watch the ark lead you across the Jordan. The only way we make it from the place we are to the place God has for us across the obstacle and across whatever it is in life we have to get through is by watching and seeing the ark of the Lord take us there. He said, look. Look that the ark of the covenant which belongs to the Lord well, the whole earth will lead you across. Verse 14 picks up, says, So the people left their camp across the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season. This is how we know the banks of the river were overflowed. The Jordan was overflowing its banks, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance in a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. The water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the, water, the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. As soon as they touched the river, 
What was this thing that was intimidating? What was this thing that they could not possibly cross on their own? What was the struggle? What was the trial? What was the sin? What was the temptation? Whatever it is, whatever it represents, when their feet touched it, when the presence of God showed up in the middle of that situation, it was like a wall stop, and that water just said, It couldn't touch them. It couldn't get there. What was there flowed down to the Dead Sea. It's interesting that the river's overflowing because it's like it's beyond what it should be. We're facing struggles and trials of life that are normal everyday struggles and trials of life, but because of our season we're walking through right now, it's like it's overflowing out of the riverbanks, right? It's way bigger than it should be. It's deeper water than we should have to try to walk through. What's interesting though is we spent some time at the lake and recently Jordan Lake was flooded terribly. The middle of that lake was very, very deep. But where it was actually overflowed out of the banks couldn't have been very deep. It's flatland. The water gets to a point, it goes over the bank and then it just looks deeper than it really is. This is deep water. This is the river bank. Water level rises. It's, all, it's shallow. It's there. But it looks worse than it really is. It looks a whole lot wider than it really is. And what's interesting to me is God's going to use this overflowed river that intimidates, that brings in the challenge, that brings in the struggle. But yet it's the same river that Moses tells us is during harvest season. The same river that they're going to use for harvest when they make it to the other side. Where, where their struggle is, the problem, the thing they've got to face, the thing they've got to get through, the thing that stands in front of them, the wall of water that's here now, the problem is actually what God's going to use for them to, to harvest on the other side. The struggle, the problem, the trial, the, the storm that has to be weathered, that has to be gone through, is actually going to be the thing that God uses to bless them and to pour out blessings on them on the other side. It's what God's going to use to grow them. It's what God's going to use to grow the people around them. It's what God's going to use to make a difference in us and a difference in the people around us. Whatever it is that we stand in front of, Whatever it is that's keeping us from that place, God's going to twist it around. And when, when we get on that side of the river, looking back at where we just come from, now it's no longer a, a an intimidating river that I got to cross, this unknown situation, this major gap between me and my destiny. But now it's a place I can go and pull resource from to grow what's now mine. There's two different sides from two different, two different perceptions depending on which side of the river you're on. The side of the river I'm facing it, rough. But God's going to use it when I make it to the other side. It's now a blessing. The wall of water shows up. And I think that 
all throughout. We've talked about this several different times. When God brought water out of the rock, the two different occasions, he did it different the second time than the first time. But water still come out of the rock. Right? Different process, different scenario. God said the first time, Moses, go strike the rock. Water's going to come out. The second time, he said, speak to the rock from a distance. Let people see my glory, and water's going to come forth. Two different situations. We know Moses failed. Two different ways of doing things, yet water still came from the rock, right? And now here, God tells Joshua, he said, I'm going to show the people of Israel that you're blessed. I'm going to show them that you're a great leader. I'm going to show them that, that you're, you've got the same anointing, the same blessing as Moses by the miracle that's going to take place today. When the people of Israel were headed out of Egypt, remember they show up to the Red Sea. The Egyptians are chasing them. God tells Moses, Moses, stretch out your staff. When you stretch out your staff, the sea's going to part. The people are going to walk across on dry land. When they walk across on dry land, you get to the other side, you stretch out your staff, it's going to rush in, it's going to crush and kill the Egyptians. Same miracles taking place. This time they're following the presence of God. Priest, you go put your toes in the water. When the toes hit the water, a water wall shows up. The water wall shows up on this side. The other side, the water rushes down to the Dead Sea, and now they've got a dry riverbed to walk across on. Same miracle, two different leaders, two different ways of doing things, but they still walked across the water on dry land. God's way of doing things isn't always the same. His way of moving us, his way of shifting us, doesn't always work the same way. Same result but not the same method. It may look different. It may seem different. One season from our life may be completely different than the next season, but as long as they're both bringing the same outcome, it, it's way, the way that God's working. And so Joshua, under Joshua's leadership, this water wall shows up. It's interesting to me because now it's a rushing river of water that the wall's holding. Before, it's the Dead Sea. Not a whole lot of movement. The sea has just been parted. Now there's a rushing river of moving water that's flowing. The river is to the point it backs up into the city of Adam. God stops the flow for people to cross through. We need God to stop the flow of some things in our life. God has done a good job of stopping the flow of life, right? Things have changed. Things have slowed down. The flow has been halted. But we need to let the Spirit of God go before us in some areas of our life to stop the flow of some other things. There's some struggles. There's some thought processes. There's attitudes, there's actions that were taken toward people, there's bitterness, frustration, that we need to let the presence of God put the toes in the water so that the flow stops so that we can get to the other side of it. And rather than that thing being a problem that's holding us back from the place God wants to take us, now we stand on this side of that thing and we use it as a resource to make us better. The flow needs to stop 
in some areas of our life. The priests, verse 17, who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. This is the same priest that had to be ahead a half mile at the beginning of this story, remember? Let them be ahead of you one half mile. Don't get any closer. Keep your distance. Purpose in the distance. Now, the flow stopped. This transition, this shifting is taking place. And the people are passing by the presence. I'll never forget, I was in a service with Pastor Kevin Wallace some years back. We were in, uh, we had a youth trip that we had taken and we went to this church on a Sunday morning and I've never felt, I've never felt an anointing on a man the way that I felt that morning. He walked by and as he walked by, it was literally like a pushing, a pressing before him. He didn't have to touch nobody. He didn't have to push nobody out of the way. When he passed, it was literally like a, a wind, a pressure of wind pushing away from him. It was an amazing experience. And I can almost imagine when the people of Israel passed by these priests, they're in the middle of the situation. The presence of God is right smack dab in the middle of a thing that they couldn't cross on their own. The Spirit of God is in, in the middle of the struggle, the middle of the problem. On that side of the priest is unknown fear, failure, insecurity. And I believe as they passed by the ark, as those priests have got their hands lifted up, they're holding up. I believe as they passed by, it was almost the same. It had to have been the same type of experience that I felt that day with the presence of God pushing. And I believe it had to have been that God literally pushed them when they made it to the other side of those priests. Those priests are standing in the middle of the river. And when they crossed that point, it was no longer a trial now it was a blessing. God had gone before. God had stopped the flow. And now the thing they could not accomplish, the thing they could not push through, as they passed the presence of God, as they experienced the Spirit in the middle of their struggle, God messed up the flow of that. Now they walk through and they're walking into the promise walking into the destiny, the place that God had for them that had prepared for them long before they ever showed up. It took them a long time to ever even make it to the riverbank, and they could have camped there for days and days and days and days. Joshua said, "Nah, get your mess together. Go take a bath. Tomorrow we cross. The crossing of the river represented victory. They had victory then over all the struggle, all the trial they had walked through, victory over the past. 
This was a messed up group of people. A group of people that couldn't be faithful long enough. Couldn't trust God enough to make it through years prior. It represented new beginnings. A new life. A new life of blessing. A life without the same struggles that they had walked through. It was victory. And so we stand before the river. We've got things we've got to cross. We've got to work through. There's purpose in the distance. I can't see what I'm walking in front of. I, I can't. When we walk through a store, my kids don't walk behind me. They don't. They have to walk in front of me. Because I can't see them when they're not in front of me. Right? They don't walk behind me. They have to walk where I can see. He said, look, so that you see the Ark of the Covenant leading you across. If I jump before the Lord and I try to cross the river on my own, I believe they would have drowned. I don't think they could have. I don't know the geography. We can go all into the depth of it. We can do that one day later. I don't believe that they could have done it on their own. They had to keep a distance. There had to be purpose in the distance so that they could watch and they could see. And I believe from a half mile distance, when those priests stepped in to the water, those people got to witness the miracle of that water all of a sudden saying, and this supernatural God-made dam stopping up that river and backing up that river, the flow. Whatever was going on in their life, whatever struggle was taking place, those people got to see it from a half mile distance. You don't go watch fireworks standing up under them. They got to watch it from a distance. They got to see the miracle of God. They got to see God dam up that flow so that they could walk across the way they were meant to walk across. We need victory we've got to have victory over some things in life we've got to have victory over some things on the spiritual walk the spiritual journey over our attitudes over our thoughts it started with worship remember Then the distance. And realizing that on the other side of that river, that river looks totally different. You go stand on the bank of a river. It used to be weird to me when we used to, I don't know why I'm on this trail riding kick today. I didn't like riding the same trail back because it never looked the same and I didn't ever know where I was at. My old brain had it flipped backwards. I'd rather ride one big loop. I didn't want to turn around and cross the same river again because it didn't look anything the same. It looked like a totally different river. Because when God takes us through the struggle and he makes it to the other side and we get to the other place when we're on the side of promise, that struggle looks completely different. 
It's no longer a struggle. Now it's a blessing. A blessing in the promise. We need victory. We need victory over, over this virus. We need victory over this season. We need victory over division. We need victory over sin. We need victory over attitudes. Out of, uh, we need victory over things that we strongholds that are holding us. We need victory. We need release. And I believe we're standing at the river. I believe we're camped out at the river. We finally make it to this place. And Joshua said, purify yourself. Cleanse yourself. And get ready because you're crossing over. I don't know what river has got to be crossed in your life today. I don't know what your destination, I don't know what the promised land looks like for you individually, for your family. But I do know there is a promised land. There is a place of promise that God wants to get you to. And we stand at a place of decision where either we choose to turn around and stay in the slavery or we walk in the freedom. Crossing that river for the Israelites meant that they finally, once and for all, were given up their slavery and their bondage to the Egyptians. It was a freedom that came with crossing the river. We've got to watch for the presence of the Lord in leading that. Would you pray with me? Father, I love you, Lord. God, I believe that you're calling us to a place to cross rivers. I believe, Lord, that you're pushing us beyond where we are. God, I believe we're sitting at a place where your word says that when the Ark of the Covenant moves, you move, go after it, chase it. And I believe that's where we are. And I believe that if we're watching and we're waiting on the Spirit to move, you're calling us to go after it. God, I pray that you give us a pure heart. Forgive us, Lord. Prepare us, God. Let us prepare ourselves for the journey across the river. What's unknown, what seems impossible, God, is made possible when your presence stops the flow. Whatever the flow is in our life that needs to be paused, whatever it is that needs to be dammed up and be backed up to somebody else and somewhere else, Father, whatever it is, that if we cross it on our own, we're gonna drown. God, I pray you stop that flow today. Just as those people walked across on dry land, God, I believe in faith and in confidence that I can walk across on dry land. With your spirit right in the middle, right in the middle of the struggle, right in the middle of the circumstance, God, with, your, with the spirit of your very being right in the middle of that river, I can walk across. God, and I have faith and I have confidence that when I make it to the other side, it's no longer going to be an intimidation factor of my life. It's no longer going to be a struggle. It's no longer going to be the thing that holds me back. It's no longer going to be the thing, God, that keeps me from my place of promise.
but now it's going to be the thing that you use to resource blessings for the promise. Father, I pray today that as your spirit leads, we keep a close eye and watch. Let us not lose sight of your spirit. God, lead us and take us across into victory today. God, when we walk across victory and we walk across the river, God, it's a sign of freedom. It's a sign of forgiveness. It's a sign of new life. It's a sign of new promise. God, let us walk in that boldly, confidently, knowing that you're our hope and that who the Son has set free is free indeed. I thank you, Lord, for this awesome time today. I thank you for your people. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our land, the unity. God, I believe the words we prayed today are heard all across. And I thank you, Father, that you're going to unify us. You're going to bring healing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you bless your people. Keep them. Give them peace. Be gracious to them in Jesus' name. Amen.